Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, with just two weeks to go, the president down in the polls. What he did in an interview was 60 minutes before heading to a rally in must-win Pennsylvania. The president's battleground blitz, his final pitch to working-class voters who propelled him to the White House. But tonight, President Trump is tied or trailing Joe Biden in every swing state he won in 2016. And Melania Trump stays home with a lingering cough from coronavirus after she was slated to appear on the campaign trail for her first appearance in months. Plus, the new rule for the final debate. Overwhelmed by coronavirus, hospitalizations are rising in 37 states and small rural hospitals are feeling the brunt of the fall surge. Mask transit. The new guidelines from the CDC for planes, trains, and buses. What took so long to recommend face coverings on public transportation? Volunteers wanted. Would you agree to be intentionally infected with the coronavirus? Scientists say it could help fast track a vaccine. Breaking news in the Breonna Taylor case. The grand jurors speaking out, saying the panel wasn't even given a chance to consider homicide charges. Google sued by the U.S. government, the biggest antitrust lawsuit in decades. What does this mean for users? And could the search giant be forced to sell YouTube? And she's a stitching sensation, a seamstress on the sidewalk creating fashion from a food cart. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with the final 14 days to the election and the frantic moves tonight by President Trump, who is tied or trailing in nearly every swing state poll. Tonight, the president is not only ramping up his campaign schedule with plans to make as many as five stops a day in the final sprint to November 3rd, 
He's also ratcheting up his rhetoric. Before heading to Pennsylvania tonight for a rally, the president cut short a scheduled interview with 60 Minutes correspondent Leslie Stahl. Earlier in the day, he demanded his attorney general investigate his campaign rival, Joe Biden, and he continued his assault on both the format and the moderator of the next presidential debate, a woman. And that debate is scheduled for this Thursday. A record shattering 33 million Americans have already cast their ballots, either by mail or in person, suggesting this year's turnout could be the largest in American history. And tonight, with new infections of coronavirus continuing to surge nationwide, CBS News has learned that the White House withheld from the public for weeks reports created by its own task force detailing the growing severity of the outbreak. Well, as you can tell, there's a lot of new reporting to share with you tonight. Our team of correspondents is standing by. CBS's Ed O'Keefe is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Philadelphia, where the president will be holding a rally soon. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Nora. Tens of millions of Americans are voting nationwide, as you said, across this state as well. And at the other end of Pennsylvania, in the industrial city of Erie, the president holds a rally tonight. It's an area of the state that Democrats traditionally won, even this century, but not four years ago when the president won it easily. Now he needs to win it again. He's making his eighth campaign trip of the year to Pennsylvania tonight and without First Lady Melania Trump by his side. She was supposed to make a rare appearance on the trail, but a lingering cough from her recent COVID diagnosis kept her from traveling. After a narrow victory in Pennsylvania in 2016, the president is now playing catch-up to Joe Biden, trailing here and also down or tied in every major battleground state he won the first time around. In western Pennsylvania, where he rallies tonight, the loss of manufacturing jobs could especially hurt the president's chances. Biden is shot. You know he's shot, right? He's gonzo! With just two weeks to go, Mr. Trump is trying to take down Biden any way he can, telling crowds Biden will take away their jobs, their guns, that he's mentally unfit and a criminal, even calling on his own attorney general to investigate the Biden family. And as far as I'm concerned, the Biden family is a criminal enterprise. But it's unclear the attacks are sticking or that the Biden team is terribly concerned. The words of a president matter. No matter how good or bad that president is, they matter. The former vice president isn't scheduled to be seen publicly again until Thursday night's presidential debate in Nashville. That, too, is under attack from the president, who criticized the decision by debate organizers to limit interruptions by muting the candidates' mics, put in place after the president frequently spoke over Biden in the first debate. Yeah, we're going to make sure our vote counts. Early voting records across the country are also making the White House nervous. They could signal heavy turnout overall, which is typically bad news for the incumbent. Because I know it's going to be an excellent turnout, and it's about time. In several states, including Pennsylvania, Democrats so far are casting more ballots than Republicans. And there will now be more time to count those ballots as the U.S. Supreme Court lets stand a lower court ruling that some of Pennsylvania's mail-in ballots will be accepted up to three days after the election, as long as they're postmarked by Election Day. As for that 60 Minutes interview that was cut short, the president's tweeting tonight that he's considering posting video of it shot by the White House before the interview actually airs. 60 Minutes says the White House agreed to shoot that video only for its archives and that the broadcast has a history of interviewing presidential candidates and asking important questions in the run-up to elections. The show airs on Sunday. Nora. All right, Ed O'Keefe, thank you.
And tonight, a top aide to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says Democrats are moving closer to a deal with the White House on a big stimulus package. The bill would include billions more for COVID testing, even as there is new evidence tonight that President Trump continues to ignore the need for tests and other measures to stop the spread. CBS's Ben Tracy reports tonight from the White House. With coronavirus cases hitting dangerous new levels across the country, President Trump says Americans are simply over it. People are pandemic out. You know that? They're pandemic out. New documents released today by Congress show the White House was well aware that COVID cases were rapidly rising again after Labor Day. The president continued to hold large maskless rallies and downplay the virus. We're rounding the turn on COVID. Reports from the White House Coronavirus Task Force, shared with governors but not made public, show urgent appeals to increase testing and institute mask mandates. A September 13th report sounded the alarm about Wisconsin, stating virus transmission is seen in all areas of the state. Four days later, President Trump held a rally there and said this. We're doing a great job. The White House task force met again this afternoon as cases continue to spike. But now President Trump is calling his own health experts, including Dr. Anthony Fauci, idiots. After severe backlash, today the president tried to change his tune. But he's a nice guy. The only thing I say is uh, he's a little bit sometimes not a team player. The president prefers his hand-picked advisor, Dr. Scott Atlas. He continues to clash with other members of the task force, including Dr. Deborah Burks, who has largely been sidelined and reportedly asked for Atlas to be removed. I'm not a professional uh, tweet writer. He is under fire for tweeting that masks don't work. Twitter removed it for spreading misinformation. Infighting on the task force is now public, with Admiral Brett Girard, who heads the nation's testing efforts, tweeting the hashtag, masks work? Yes. Today, President Trump called Dr. Atlas fantastic and said that members of the task force have different views. Now, as for Dr. Fauci, one day after being called an idiot by President Trump, he still showed up for today's task force meeting, attending remotely by phone. Nora. Absolutely extraordinary. Ben Tracy, thank you. Tonight, coronavirus hospitalizations are rising in 37 states. The governors of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Pennsylvania are discouraging travel between the states to stop the spread. And in Wisconsin, many hospitals are approaching capacity. CBS's Adriana Diaz was given exclusive access inside a hospital confronting the COVID surge in rural America. The latest COVID hotspot, rural hospitals. Upland Hills Health in Dodgeville, Wisconsin, has just three ICU beds total. Doctors say for the first time, they're unable to transfer patients to larger hospitals. There have been situations where they've said, well, we don't really have any ICU beds available, so you're going to have to continue to care for this patient. This is their supply room. You see gowns they have up here. There are no N95s in this room because the supply has been inconsistent. So to conserve, each staff person is given one N95 a week. I feel like we're, we're at the limits of overwhelming the health system right now. In nearby Madison at University Hospital, just a few weeks ago, Dr. Alexandra Wick had no COVID patients. Hello. Now all her patients have COVID. To protect patient privacy, we couldn't enter the room. But Dr. Wick told uh, us this. this is, she had a reinfection of COVID. She had it a month ago. 
Um, and now again. Rural areas and medium-sized cities accounted for 20% of the first 100,000 to die from COVID in the U.S. They accounted for nearly half of the second 100,000. And rural states now lead the country in per capita COVID hospitalizations. In at least four Midwestern states, an alarming 20% of recent tests are positive. At one nursing home in Norton, Kansas, all 62 residents have been infected. Ten have died. And in South Dakota, with the highest COVID positivity rate in the country, an astounding 37 percent, the Republican mayor of Sioux Falls said this. Wear a dang mask when you're indoors. A doctor told us that some in rural areas have a false sense of security because people are so spread out here. And also initially COVID was such a problem in cities. And on the vaccine front, Nora, today the director of the NIH said a vaccine would not get emergency authorization before late November at the earliest. It's incredible, Adriana, that we're still talking about the lack of those N95 masks for frontline healthcare workers. Great reporting. Adriana Diaz, thank you. Seven months into the COVID pandemic, the CDC is out with new guidelines for public transportation recommending that passengers wear masks at all times on planes, trains, and buses. We get more now from CBS News transportation correspondent Chris Van Cleve. Travel tensions. A passenger hits a flight attendant in Miami last night. The BBC crew on board says the argument involved someone refusing to wear a mask. Delta says two customers did not comply with crew member safety instructions and were kicked off. Earlier this month, mask mayhem on this Allegiant flight. And in July, rideshare rumble. This woman loses it when her Lyft driver asks her to put on a mask. Hopefully she wasn't positive and he doesn't come out positive. Tonight, seven months into the pandemic, the Centers for Disease Control has issued a strong recommendation everyone wear a mask when using mass transit, passing through hubs, or when in a ride share. The recommendation comes after pressure from the airlines, but stops short of requiring masks. The White House has publicly opposed such mandates. Infectious disease doctor Carlos Del Rio. I wish they had come out uh, saying this before, but again, it's never too late. There is growing research masks reduce risk during travel. This Department of Defense study using a dummy to simulate coughing on a plane found masks virtually eliminated cough particles from reaching another passenger. I think it's, it's hard to quantify what the risk is, but it's probably, probably less than 1%. And tonight, some lawmakers are saying the CDC didn't go far enough and are leaving it up to businesses. Delta, the airline, says it has banned more than 450 flyers for not wearing a mask. Uber tells us it's banned more than 1,200. Nora? Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Prosecutors in the Breonna Taylor case never gave the grand jury a chance to consider a murder charge, according to an anonymous grand juror. Now, this statement comes after a Kentucky judge today ruled that grand jurors in the case could publicly speak out. So in a statement, the grand juror says questions were asked about additional charges and the grand jury was told there would be none because the prosecutors didn't feel like they could make them stick. Taylor was fatally shot in her home by Louisville police during a botched drug raid last month. None of the officers involved in the raid were directly charged with her death. Tonight, tech giant Google is vowing to fight the Justice Department in court after prosecutors accuse the company of locking out competition with an illegal monopoly. Now, it is the biggest antitrust case in a generation, the most consequential since the government's cases against AT&T and Microsoft. Here's CBS's Jeff Pegues. The tech giant's search engine is so dominant, Google is synonymous with surfing the Internet. 
Nearly 90% of all search engine inquiries in the U.S. go through Google. Government lawyers today call the company a monopoly, pointing to exclusive agreements with device makers like Apple to pre-install only its search engine into its devices. In return, according to the Justice Department, Apple receives as much as $12 billion in revenue sharing. Eleven states have joined the lawsuit. Google is immensely powerful, and there are a lot of people, economists, legal analysts, who say that Google's power and Google's size is bad for consumers and bad for the markets. But don't expect the tech giant to go down without a fight. Today, it called the U.S. case deeply flawed. And company officials chastised the Justice Department for being stuck in the 1990s and out of step with the consumer-driven economy. Today, a White House official acknowledged that the president had weighed in, raising questions about whether politics is playing a role. Look, we have been consulting with justice. The president has. A decision could take years, but Justice Department officials say everything is on the table. Uh, You could make a case, though, that Google could be broken up. If Google is forced to break up, that could lead to the sale of YouTube. But that's a long-term issue. In the short term, the experts tell us that consumers who use Google won't notice any difference in how the search engine works. Nora. Jeff Fagaze, thank you. Now, the world has surpassed 40 million confirmed COVID cases with more than 1.1 million deaths across Europe. An alarming rise in new cases has prompted new shutdowns. And there's now a call for volunteers willing to be deliberately infected. CBS's Elizabeth Palmer reports tonight from London. With confirmed COVID cases in Britain at an all-time high, it may sound crazy that researchers plan to expose people to the virus on purpose in the first-ever COVID challenge trial. Up to 90 healthy young volunteers will first get a vaccine and then a dose of live virus. We need to have ways of comparing vaccines head-to-head seeing what they do in terms of triggering the immune system, see what they do in terms of defense against infection. Did you lose any sleep over making the decision? No, no. Jason Kroll, an American lawyer in London, volunteered to be infected to help end the pandemic. There's just not a lot, I think, that most of us can do. So this was something. The U.K. government is investing more than $40 million in the challenge trial. It's set to start in January, and if all goes well, there should be multiple vaccines to test by then. Meanwhile, coronavirus is shutting Irish pubs and other non-essential businesses as Ireland becomes the first country in Europe to go back into full lockdown. If we pull together over the next six weeks, we would have the opportunity to celebrate Christmas in a meaningful way. But that feels a long way off to millions who've masked up and social distanced for months. And Nora, we are watching the infection rate here in the UK continue to soar. Elizabeth Palmer, thank you. Some sad news to report tonight. Actor Jeff Bridges revealed he's battling lymphoma. That is a type of blood cancer. The big Lebowski star, now 70, says his prognosis is good. And conservative radio host Rush Limbaugh says his lung cancer is spreading. Limbaugh bluntly described his stage four cancer as a death sentence. All right, now this is cool. A NASA spacecraft grabbed a handful of soil and rocks from an asteroid 200 million miles from Earth. 
OSIRIS-REx was on the surface for just a few seconds before taking off. The sample should return to Earth in three years. Studying the asteroid's particles will be like looking at the universe's DNA. A young woman saw her career torn to shreds at the beginning of the pandemic, but now she's stitching together a path to success. Here's Nikki Batiste. This was once a push cart used to sell roasted nuts, but now Michaela Ray uses it to sew new life into customers' clothing and into New York City. I could take this job technically anywhere. The 29-year-old seamstress began her sidewalk side hustle after the pandemic ripped away her freelance jobs in the fashion industry. Definitely allowed the, allowed the city to push me and move me just to, like, survive. And during this pandemic, you are proof that New York City is still alive. I think it definitely is. I um, I feel like it's this gives people the time to be creative. Did you want to pick up this picking up tomorrow fine? Or she saves well-worn clothes from being cast aside. Oh, I love it. And I just feel like it tells a better story if you just keep wearing something that you already were, like, living through. And creates tailor-made memories, like these military pants turned into a bucket hat. I look at it kind of like an art form. Stitching together New York nostalgia, ingenuity, and resilience. Can't afford a studio. I want one, but now I have a studio on the street, so that's kind of cool. Um. <laughs> Nikki Batiste, CBS News, New York. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, the young scientist whose discovery could lead to a cure for COVID, and she's only 14. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 